Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. This is Liz Booker with the Literary Aviatrix Waypoint along our journey through stories featuring women in aviation. This one is from Season 1, Episode 31, in my interview with Erin Seidemann about her memoir, Postcards from the Sky. In it, she talks about flying as a general aviation pilot to the Bahamas. And then you flew in my stomping grounds in the Caribbean, um, you flew a single engine aircraft over there by yourself, which is crazy. I was flying, at least I had two engines <laughs> and a whole lot of gear and training for being over the water. So tell us about that trip for you. My first time flying in the Bahamas, there's, there's now been quite a few because I, you just, I, you can't help but fall in love with it. But my first time was in the, the 172 SP that's in the book. And, and the part about going to the Bahamas is also in the book. And, um, it was my first time, you know, I, I live on, well, now I live on the Gulf Coast. I live in New Orleans. So there's, there's water all around you in New Orleans. It's, it's unfortunately both beautiful and scary, uh, you know, given our, our knack for attracting hurricanes. Um, but, you know, living around the water, you're, you're used to being around the water, but I had never flown that much over the water to the point that you're out of sight of land. And, um, the, the two most popular places to clear customs in the Bahamas, just because they're the closest, are either Bimini or um, Freeport Grand Bahama. And both of those, they're about 52, I believe it's 52 nautical miles from Florida. So there is some time when you are not in sight of land. And, you know, you read about it, you hear about it, your friend, maybe some friends have done it and they tell you about it, but it's totally different experiencing it. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, once once you don't see any land, you'll start hearing things like you'll start hearing your engine hiccup when it really isn't hiccuping. And, and I totally had that. Um, I had never had any engine trouble ever with that airplane. So there was no reason to suspect it. But your mind starts playing tricks on you. And that to me, that kind of went back to always trust your instruments. So when I started hearing a hiccup, I'd look at my instruments and everything looks OK. So just chill out. You know, yeah, it's it's just down. a crazy, yeah, it's just a crazy flying over water thing. But anybody who hasn't flown to the Bahamas, if you have your own plane, do it. If you don't have your own plane, get on a commercial flight because, you know, I, I feel like they're underappreciated. You know, you always hear about Bora Bora and the Maldives and how beautiful they are. And the Bahamas, I am here to tell you because I've been in those places too, are just as beautiful and they're way closer. I felt like, especially the first time, I mean, I kind of expect it now, but it still surprises me. But the, especially the first time that I flew there, when you're over the islands and there's the different gradients 
of the sand under the water and the different blues, I literally felt like my eyes were waking up because I had never seen such beautiful colors. You know, like your, your painting that's behind you, it has a lot of blues. You think you see a lot of blues. The cover of my book has a lot of blues on it. But when you're flying over that water, I, I literally felt like I was waking up like in a rainbow. It's just, it's unbelievable. Highly recommend it to anybody who has been there before. Go again. And if you haven't been, absolutely go. Yeah, it's so true. So um, so my first unit was San Francisco. So for four years, I was flying in that gorgeous scenery and gorgeous terrain out there. And then I came to Florida and I was flying out of Opelika. And to be honest after your eyes have been so stimulated by terrain and just the variety when you come to florida i mean the water's beautiful but it's so flat and it's just it's a strange experience but then the minute you get out to the bahamas it makes it's just spectacular it's so beautiful so i totally agree um and how did you prepare for that flight i mean you talk about this stuff in the book but i love hearing you talk about it no, I know. I, you know, you read about it like an AOPA and, and, and if you, if you guys aren't members of AOPA, it is totally worth the money. They have so many resources for student pilots, for experienced pilots. And, and one for of Rusty, them, and for Rusty and, pilots, and yes, by the way. Yes, <laughs> I have gotten a lot of my friends who like flew 20 years ago back into it through the Rusty Pilots program. So AOPA is worth every penny and more. And they do have resources for people who want to fly to nearby countries, the Bahamas, Canada, Mexico. And they even have checklists that, you know, to make sure you've you've covered everything. Now, mind you, my first trip to the Bahamas was before AOPA had all that stuff. So mine was really more from, you know, you would read the stories in the magazine of people who had been there and some friends who had been there. But, um, you know, even though I was in my 20s um, and and fearless, really, and, um, you know, invincible. Um, I, I still prepared, you know, I bought the, the safety equipment. Um, I had like a, it's a, there's a guy, I think he's in Alabama who makes, um, like, it's essentially like a fanny pack, but it has, it is just packed full of survival gear. So I got that, you know, so it can be on me. Cause you also, you read those stories about people who, you know, they have to ditch or something and the raft is in the back of the plane and they can't get to it. So, you know, that's why I thought that fanny pack thing was a really good idea because I can literally wear it on me. If I exit the plane, it is exiting the plane with me. So, you know, I had the the survival gear. I got one of those raft things and I made sure that it was close by in case I needed it. Um, And, you know, so you you do take all the precautions and there is a lot like it felt very overwhelming when I was planning for the trip, not just like where I wanted to go or when, you know, and having to deal with that within the, a, a short time frame that I was able to get off work, but also the, the safety stuff that you need. So it was, it was a lot and it was overwhelming, but it was still completely worth it. 